you just don't bounce back. You know, it doesn't really happen that way. You know, you have a brand new life with a brand new human. Things are so different. And it's all about adapting to your brand new life, but not forgetting who you were before. What's shaking, everybody? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 231 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For episode 231, I am chatting with Bettina Gozo Shimanet. She is a Nike global trainer. She's also the creator of Line Up With Us, a new platform for training programs and workouts alongside her husband, Nick. I am so, so excited to have Bettina back on the show. You may recognize her because we've chatted before. Bettina and I first connected for episode 72 years ago. And as we talk about in today's episode, oh my God, so much has happened since then. Today, we cover it all. We talk about what life's been like since we sat down in her Los Angeles house, including the fact that she now lives in Texas with her husband and daughter, Aluna, and they have a baby on the way. Bettina talks to me about what's been going on in terms of her career as well, going from being a Nike master trainer to working as one of the founding trainers for Apple Fitness Plus, now departed from Apple, working back with Nike, and like I said, working with her husband, Nick, to create something special. She opens up about her journey with pregnancy, what it was like leading into the birth of her first child, and how she managed to have grace with herself both before that birth and afterward, coming back into her body, recognizing that she is just, how she puts it, different now and that different is okay and that there is just so much importance with having grace with herself in this new chapter of motherhood. Now, as I mentioned, they have one on the way. So she's back to incorporating that important mindset, that important lesson into her every day taking care of her body and as she puts so eloquently her mind as well in this chapter knowing that the thoughts and the things that she's feeling these are things that her baby boy is feeling too and so she wants to be mindful of that moving forward i love this episode there are so many beautiful takeaways for women that may be pregnant, moms-to-be, and new moms, many of whom reach out to me on the regular asking for this type of content. So, Silver Platter, it is here and ready for you. Also, love always being able to connect with friends. As I mentioned in today's episode, Bettina is truly one of the most beautiful souls, kind-hearted humans, and it's always just a good time to spend some time with my girl. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at 
Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with my gal pal, Bettina Gozo Shimanek. How are you doing, friend? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so much has changed since the last time we talked. I was I was looking in to see when that was. And oh my God, episode 72. So there's some context here. There's 330 episodes in the feed. Episode 72. So that was over three years ago. Yep. And like you have a you have a double last name now. I know it's so crazy, and a baby, and another one on the way, and I live in Texas now. Like you were in my little little living room in LA with my two other roommates, and now I'm like living in a house with three dogs, a baby, and a husband. <laughs> wow did we uh, did we think that was gonna happen when I was sitting on your living room floor? Definitely not. <laughs> did you know Nick at that time? I did actually because he was working at Vitru where I was was out where I was coaching. So we were friends. We knew each other, but we weren't dating yet. <laughs> we weren't dating yet. Oh my gosh. So before we just like go completely into catch up mode, why don't you give those listening a little intel on who you are, my friend? <laughs> so I am a health and wellness fitness professional that specializes in strength training. Um, I'm currently working with Nike as a Nike global trainer, formerly working with Apple Fitness Plus. And uh, I, little, I do a little of everything, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to call myself a generalist, but I, I uh, feel like I just want people to live healthy and and good lives. <laughs> I love healthy and good lives. And I, it's funny listening to you talk about what you do now, because when we connected the last time for the show, you were also a Nike trainer. So how does it feel for you to be kind of in this full circle moment? It's kind of weird because, you know, I thought the Apple job was going to be like the thing that I was going to do forever. You know, it was a full-time job, full-time benefits, you know, but I've learned in that period of time that I just don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> no, it's not even like that. You know, it's, I've just always been someone that marches to the beat of their own drum. And I think that, you know, working a full time corporate job is just something that wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I always kind of say that to people when they ask how it feels to work for yourself. I feel like there are a lot of different perceptions about what that entails, what it doesn't entail. But you have to know that you're the kind of person that thrives at the chance to make your own schedule and can be accountable with that, right? Yep. Yeah. And you know, the job was great. Like I think that there's so many opportunities there, but I think for me, you know, it had been 10 years that I spent as a trainer, you know, and building my own business. And I felt almost trapped, like I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. And again, so understandable, right? Because you had this base of living, you know, kind of as you totally please without someone telling you necessarily when and where you had to be and training clients on your time, right? Like making the decision on when you wanted to make yourself available to help other people get closer to their goals. Exactly. You know, and it was, I was able to squeeze in a client here and there in the morning and then in the evening. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm a part-time trainer now. You know, like I wasn't able to to do the things that I really wanted to do. And 
you know, I love the opportunity. I learned so much there. Like I love their mission and, you know, their passion for inclusivity and accessibility. Like we got to learn American sign language in the training world. And so that was kind of cool. And now I'm, I'm even noticing that I've just integrated those into my workouts that I've been doing, you know, on, on women's health live workouts. And, you know, I'm hoping to do that on Nike training club too. So I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the transition firstly into that kind of opportunity and then out of it because personally (laughs) so much happened for you during that time as well. But when you announced that you were joining the team at Apple for Apple Fitness Plus, you were in the early stages of being pregnant, question mark? So it was September when we announced, but we'd already been working on the project for a while. Um, I, My partner and I at the time, you know, we weren't married yet, but we had talked about having kids. And, you know, I hear so many people say, you know, it, take, it could take up to a few years. And so I think because we weren't putting pressure on it, it just kind of happened. It happened a lot faster than we thought it would. So we, I think I was officially pregnant in September. And that was shortly after we announced. So I do know that uh, we didn't share that I was pregnant uh, on publicly on um, Apple and everything until December. So yeah, I remember being in this new job and being so scared to tell them. But I also knew like Apple is so passionate about making sure that they can celebrate everybody in any stage of their life. So I was like, if anyone's going to keep me while I'm pregnant, of course they're going to keep me while I'm pregnant. So, um, what a stress though, right? Like the time oh, yeah. is already so stressful, both of them separately, separately stressful to start a new job. And then of course, first time in your life being pregnant, so much goes hand in hand with that. So to combine the two, talk to me about how that felt. Oh my gosh. You know, I, it was kind of weird though, because I think because it was a full-time job and I knew that I was being taken care of as far as benefits. And I knew that I was going to have maternity leave. It was one of those things where I was like, Oh, I actually feel like I'm going to be taken care of during this whole period. And, you know, being a person that likes to hustle and work all the time, like, I don't think if I had that job, I would have relaxed in that time that I was pregnant and postpartum, I would have just kept hustling. And, you know, I kind of felt like, oh, I can actually enjoy this job, enjoy the pregnancy. And um, I feel like everything happens for a reason. It's like not just saying that I got, I got the Apple job so I can get pregnant, but it was weird how it all kind of, you know, intertwined the timing and everything. But it was super scary because I was like, how how is Apple going to perceive me? Are they going to resign me? Are they going to be like, OK, well, this girl just got pregnant right away. But I remember being so scared but so relieved at the same time when everyone was celebrating it. Um, So it was very empowering to be a woman in the fitness industry to be like, hey, I'm pregnant and I'm still going to be showing up on camera every single week. I'm going to do what I do. And I think at the time Robin was already, Robin Arzone was pregnant, like maybe, I think she's like five months ahead of me. Um, So I feel like she kind of was my inspiration at the time. I was like, okay, she's still going. She's still working hard. She's still doing what she does. And so I just knew and felt really confident in what I was, what the journey was ahead of me. Yeah. Talk about, again, something happening for you, right? Because how I imagine now what life would look like if 
at any point, you know, I do decide to have a baby, the stress that goes hand in hand with wanting to work and make ends meet, but also then take care of yourself. So to be able to have those benefits, like what a beautiful thing that happened for you. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, okay, this really, really like became such a good opportunity because of that. And it helped me relax more during this, this first pregnancy. And now being pregnant for the second time, it's, I already kind of like know what to expect, I guess you could say. And it's funny because even like during my first pregnancy, I was checking the apps every single week. Like, what is the baby growing? How big is he? Is he the size of an, a blueberry now? Okay. Da, da, da. You know, like thinking of all these things and getting so excited. But now I'm like, wait, how many weeks am I? Am I 19, 20? I don't even know. You know, like I'm just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> Losing all track of time here. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so... Talk to us a little bit. I know that you did on-camera work before working with Apple, but what was that like for you to all of the sudden have access to such a diverse and large global group of consumers? Oh my gosh. Well, first off, our team was amazing. Everyone on the trainer team was and is amazing, you know, and I love getting to know everybody and I loved the passion for wanting to reach so many people um, globally. It's been great because I feel like even just in the short amount of time, it was less than two years that I was working with the team. And, you know, I still have so many followers from all around the world, just, you know, reaching out and just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's um, because, you know, when I was working with Nike Training Club, again, working with them now, I don't believe they have the same access. I know just different countries, but it's pretty cool just to to touch so many different lives across the the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. So getting on camera while being pregnant the first time around, talk to me about how that felt for you, because not only can it be challenging to keep showing up when you're pregnant, period, but then to show up and be filmed while moving. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I think the worst, to be honest, was the first trimester when I wasn't telling anybody. Because <laughs> mm. I'm trying to show up, trying to be so giddy and I was just like I feel like crap and every single day it was just like okay like I couldn't wait to tell them like I I think I waited till 12 weeks um when my doctor was like you know I I, I'm very confident you don't have to tell work but uh, I just wanted to be like do you understand what I do for a living like I have to tell them (laughs) and you know I'm like sitting here doing core workouts on my belly and I was like this isn't comfortable anymore so you know that was I think that was the hardest part was in the first trimester when I was keeping it a secret. Um, I felt a lot better in the second trimester. Just, you know, I felt, you know, more powerful. I felt like I had more energy. And then just everyone was also just celebrating it. I was the first pregnant trainer on camera there. So it was just funny because everyone was so much more delicate. But like, you know, I'm just like, I'm still doing my thing, you know, I'm I'm still Bettina with a lot of energy. And um, but it was just weird to see like my belly growing every single week. Cause you know, Apple films workouts every single week. So just to see the belly grow was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you, you mentioned I'm still Bettina with that kind of energy there. What was the reaction to you training through your pregnancy from the outside in? Did people have input on what you were doing with your body? 
Oh yeah. You know, I think that, I mean, we are very careful with what we shared on social and I wanted to make sure that everything that I shared was safe and, you know, approved by other colleagues and making sure I wasn't just pushing stuff out there that was like, I wasn't just doing heavy barbell cleans and all these things. But, you know, I remember posting something in my story that was just kind of more of a dynamic movement. And someone was like, oh, you know, I don't think you should be doing that. And to me, I was like, okay, I think this is an opportunity really to educate. So especially this time around, now that I don't have working with Apple, I'm like sharing more things that women can do when they're pregnant. Because I think a lot of people think you can't, you can't get your heart rate over 140, or you shouldn't be jumping and you shouldn't be doing all these things. But if you have a healthy, safe pregnancy, hey, it's totally fine as long as your body feels right doing it and you're not doing anything that's going to hurt the baby. And, you know, if you're not sure what to do, then you should definitely consult with somebody. But yeah, you know, when people were reaching out, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity to educate and let people know because it is a time where you should be active and you should still be feeling good. And it's actually going to be better for you in the long run. I mean, I went through 41 hours of birth. I felt like the exercise that I was doing helped me endure that 41 hours, you know, and I was able to go through it. Like I I felt like it was only a few hours, you know, so. You're a superwoman. (laughs) You, you mentioned, uh, you know, that, that assumption that some may have heart rate getting over 140. Can you talk us through some more, of uh, perhaps the know-how that you have now through both being pregnant and obviously your education as a trainer when it comes to foundationally what women should take into account while moving during pregnancy. Yeah, you know, obviously you hear a lot of people say, well, if you weren't doing exercise before, like maybe you shouldn't do that or you can do basically everything that you were doing before. And that's so vague. But, you know, it's okay if you haven't been exercising before and you want to start like a nice, easy routine with a with someone that's certified and knows your body and can make sure you're doing everything that's safe. I think that's totally fine. Um, in fact, I think it's a great time to start exercising if you haven't been before. Um, it doesn't mean you need to be throwing around kettlebells and barbells, but, you know, it's a good time to start doing some basic strength training. You know, a lot of people think that you shouldn't be doing rotation, but, you know, how are you supposed to be? putting on your seatbelt in the car. How are you supposed to grab something in the back of the back of the car when you're in the car? The the key is just to making sure that you're not like wringing your belly. Like you just want to get movement through the upper part of your body and get mobility because, you know, as your belly grows, you become more stiff through the upper part of your back. So you want to make sure you're getting mobility in there. And and last thing, yeah, you know, you're going to get your heart rate up and tracking your heart rate isn't the way to go. It's such an old school way. You know, you if you want to go for a run, you're probably getting to get your heart rate over 40, 140. Um, I guarantee it, in fact. But, you know, if you just got to listen to your body and ask yourself how you're feeling as you're moving through it. And, you know, and that goes the same for like jumping movements and, you know, cardio or HIIT workouts. Like you could still go to all the classes that you like, just modify and listen to your body. Yeah. And I love your tidbit about it's a great time to try a strength training program 
under the supervision of an expert, right? So especially if this is something that's new for you, while it might be tempting just to go tackle some, you know, on-demand strength workout you find online, at the very least, find one that's targeted toward pregnancy. And ideally, you would go seek out that qualified expert to give you that individualized feedback, customization for you and your body, which can be so helpful during this time when whether it's your first pregnancy or your sixth pregnancy, things are going to be different. Yeah, 100%. And I know that from experience because my body now, I'm like, wait, what? This is so different than the first time around. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a Luna. How old is she now? She's 16 months. Wait, maybe 17, 17 months. Look at her. Just a, she's just growing <laughs> rapidly. She's a ball of energy. Absolutely adorable, if I do say so myself. You you have Aluna and talk us through what the aftermath was like for you, kind of rediscovering and getting acquainted with your body after mm-hmm. pregnancy. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you talk a lot about pregnancy and working out and it's so important to move whenever you're pregnant, but then postpartum is actually the time where you where you want to be delicate and you want to take care of yourself and you don't want to just jump into the routines. And so for me, it was very humbling to, to realize, oh, I can't do the same stuff that I was and oh, I am peeing myself. That means I probably should be going to pelvic floor therapy and doing all the things. And so that was so humbling for me because I think especially as a fitness person, you know, I've expected to, I don't want to use the phrase bounce back because that word to me just kind of like, I, I, or that phrase, I just feel like you just don't bounce back. You know, it doesn't really happen that way. You know, you have a brand new life with a brand new human. Things are so different and it's all about adapting to your brand new life, but not forgetting who you were before. You know, and so I had to just adjust to everything that I had. You know, I wasn't sleeping. Um, I have to take care of this baby. Um, I can't get my early morning workouts in because I'm probably going to be feeding. Um, You know, I'm not as strong as I used to be. And I just had to remind myself that that is okay. You know, but as I started to get my routine and, you know, I feel like it's around four to six months where you're you can kind of do things on your own again without your baby just being at like on you literally every second of the day. I had to remember all the things that I love to do, whether it be working out or reading and meditating and have to be able to communicate that to my partner or, you know, your nanny or whoever um, you have to help to like be able to take that time for yourself. So that's so important. I had to remember all the things that I loved before to make sure that I was doing them still so I didn't forget who I was. That grace that you speak of, I think it's challenging for a lot of women to find that, especially today with, you know, all that is Instagram and the highlight reel and TikTok and et cetera. We're bombarded with these unrealistic expectations and images of what isn't normal, right? Of that quote unquote bounce back. So for you, did you have a hard time getting to this place of grace? Or do you feel like you really landed there kind of from the get-go? Um, no, I, I think I had a hard time. You know, in the beginning, 
it was very positive, you know, like my husband is one of the most chill people and I'm very, very lucky because he is such a great dad and he loves being a dad and he loves taking care of Aluna. So I have been able to, you know, be able to just hand Aluna over to him and just take time for myself. But there were times where I would just start crying for no reason. I remember just being at the Apple studio and I'd just be sitting there and just be like, (laughs) and I just (laughs) didn't even know why I was crying. You know, like there are just so many hormones and finding that grace was hard, but, you know, finding that community of other moms um, that I could commiserate with just to know that I felt what I was feeling was normal was so important. So for anyone that is going through that, I don't want to say postpartum depression for myself, but maybe more of the baby blues is just to find somebody else, even just one person or two people that are just going to help you just get through that, talk through it, you know, other moms around the same age, um, you know, moms that have gone through it. Cause that's, that was really helpful. Like my mom was a single mom and she barely remembers what the first six months were. And so it was, it was hard to talk to her about it, you know, and um, I was so lucky to have so many moms in my life that I could talk with and be there for me. And it was, it, that's the number one thing is the community. Yeah. I was going to ask you, where did you find that community for someone who may be seeking their own? Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate enough to have other women at work um, that already had kids. And so that was very helpful. Um, but you know, even just social media, you know, just posting the real life things that are happening. And I was able to get people to be, I I just post a question like, Hey, has anyone ever blah, 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 blah. And you'd get so many moms just be like, Oh my gosh, yes, I can't, I remember that time, you know, and just knowing that other people felt that way just made me feel better. Um, you know, but I know that there are Facebook groups out there. And just finding these different mommy and me groups, Um, you know, I went to music classes and stuff like that. And you meet so many parents there. Um, So I think that there's so many opportunities to find that community. You just have to go seek them, whether it's on Facebook or or Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I love that, you know, going to music classes, something (laughs) obviously not surprising to me, knowing you and your background with music. (laughs) Is that something that you like to share with Luna? Oh, yes. Actually, it's so cute. We um, I bought a piano out here, like a real like upright piano. And I just love to have her just sit and press the keys. And the other day I was so excited. Nick was like, why are you what's going on? Because I just heard Aluna pressing the keys and she was like that, 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 like singing with them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's trying to sing. She's trying to find her pitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's been really fun. Like, I just love I just love showing her music because I mean, Nick will really wants her to be an athlete and I just, you know, I want her to do whatever she wants to do. And I think she'll be, <laughs> I think she's going to be pretty athletic, but um, I think she'll also have that artsy side of her. Well, I know that you love to work out with her in the area and you relocated to Texas, which was a big <laughs> choice for you and your husband. Talk to me a little bit about that choice relocating and what that's been like for you. Yeah. So Nick is from Texas and we had talked about at some point in our lives, like want to be closer to family, you know, LA is very expensive as a lot of people know. And Nick also wants like 5 billion kids. I'm good with like two or three. (laughs) So, you know, having a large house in LA is like very expensive. And so it was something we thought about and 
you know, the Apple job was keeping me in LA. And then at some point I was like, you know what, I'm not sure if this is for me anymore. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to move on. And so um, at the same time, when I was deciding to leave, Nick actually got offered a job out here. And so we were like, hey, this is kind of perfect timing. So we just decided to like, straight up pick up and move. And, um, we literally had to like pack a 26 foot U-Haul with all our gym equipment. Like all my strong friends had to come help because, you know, every single moving company was going to charge a buttload of money, uh, to move some like 600 pound equipment. So it was fun. Like we actually have space, you know, we have a, we have like almost half an acre, a big, you know, a big garage for our gym. So it's fun to have a Luna just be able to, you know, play around in there. And I love being able to imagine what it's going to be like when her brother is here and them playing in the backyard together. So, um, you know, it's all, it's kind of like that white picket fence dream, you know, you have like (laughs) your family just being able to run around in the backyard and we have our pool and yeah, I don't, I just know that that probably wouldn't have been possible in LA for what we want at least, or at least not anytime soon. (laughs) Relocating can come with its fair share of challenges. What would you say one of the biggest challenges is for you at this point? Mm. Sounds silly, but the food. <laughs> like I miss <laughs> I just love food. But no, in LA, you know, there it's so diverse and the food there. It's just like anything that you want is right there. And you know, Asian food, um, even just bubble tea, all the things that I love but then also like really healthy food, you know, like it's been really challenging being pregnant and um, having a toddler. And, you know, sometimes if we're just tired and we just want to order like Takaya, we can't order Takaya. You know, we have to like make our food if we want something healthy or we have like very limited in options um, where we do where we live. We are lucky. We do have some, but it's not nearly the same as L.A., um, So that's like a more of a funny note on, you know, what I miss and what I'm missing out on. But there are just a lot of things as far as like my all my friends are in L.A. Like I really thought that L.A. was where I was going to be for life. And all my friends from Chicago live in L.A., you know, all my best friends. Like it was kind of like my whole little pod in Chicago all moved to L.A. And then I moved there and we were all complete. And now I'm gone. You know, so that's been that's been really hard because I miss them a lot. And then all the friends that I made at Apple, like when I first decided to leave, I was like, well, it's okay. Cause I'm still going to see them all the time. And, you know, we're going to be able to hang out more cause I'm not going to be working as much. <laughs> and, you know, and then we decided to move. And then I was like, oh man, like I miss everybody. And that was really hard and it's still hard, but you know, I'm so grateful that we have FaceTime. We have work that brings me to travel to LA all the time. So I'm still able to see all my friends, but those have been the biggest challenges. Um, But, you know, family is everything to me. And the fact that I have my whole family and my dogs and everyone here has been really nice. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsor at Eight Sleep. Like, oh my gosh, 30% of Americans, more than 30% of Americans, I'm a hot sleeper. (laughs) I have struggled so much in the past with falling and staying asleep at night because of temperature. And that is where the Eight Sleep Pod comes in. It has completely changed the game for me. Not only does the pod cover, which goes simply over my 
mattress, help me sleep comfortably no matter the outside temperature, but it also helps me feel in complete control of the temperature inside my bedroom with its ability to dynamically cool and heat the bed to maintain the optimal sleeping temperature for what my body needs. I, oh my gosh, it has been getting super chilly here in New York City. And last week was the first time that I used the Pod Pro cover on the heat setting instead of the cool setting. Let me tell you what a treat it was to not feel like I had to do the running man in my bed for a solid five minutes to get warm at night. I am also super, super into their gentle rise feature, which uses vibration at chest level to wake me up without disrupting my circadian rhythm, making mornings feel that much more welcoming and peaceful. I truly want all hurdlers to experience the kind of sleep I have been getting with eight sleep. So of course I've got a code for you. Head on over to 8sleep.com slash hurdle to save $150 on the pod at checkout. Again, that is E-I-G-H-T-S-L-E-E-P.com slash hurdle to get $150 off your 8sleep pod today. Also, got to give some love to my friends at AG1 from Athletic Greens. Let me just start by saying this. AG1, it is so much more than a greens powder. It is a daily multivitamin and multimineral. It's a pre and a probiotic. It's got immunity support and more. And yes, yes, it provides your daily greens blend too. Now, let me tell you a little bit about greens powders. Greens powders provide critical phytonutrients, but these nutrients don't help empower gut health. Now with AG1, by delivering the phytonutrient blend along with the multivitamins, probiotics, adaptogens, and more, it creates an environment where the gut can literally thrive so the body can thrive too. I've been taking AG1 for years now, and I cannot imagine my day to day without it. We're all trying to think about how we can level up our health right now. It's cold and flu season, it's the holidays, etc., etc. You know where I'm coming from. AG1 is a simple solution, and trust me, it is one of the best decisions I have ever made when it comes to my health and taking care of my body. Get in on the AG1 fam today. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your purchase. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. Do you feel as though the long distance friendships are a little more challenging because you're pregnant again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes and no. Like, um, I was very lucky over the past three months. This month has been really slow for work um, as far as travel. So I haven't been able to see everyone. But like the past few months, I was able to go to L.A. almost like twice a month. Um, for fun or work. And, you know, so that's been nice. But I know that now I'm like going into late second trimester, like I'm not going to want to travel all the time. Like I have a trip planned to LA for one of my best friend's baby showers, but 
I don't know. Plus, like, you know, everyone wants to go out late. I'm like, even before I was pregnant, I can't go out after 9 9 p.m. So (laughs) now I'm like, I'm sleepy by 8. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're speaking my language. (laughs) You're totally speaking my language. So where were you when you found out that you were pregnant with your second? Oh, I was at home. I Oh, I knew it. And you know what? It's wild because the aura ring is the reason why I knew I was pregnant. Tell me about it. <laughs> I had my body temperature stay up for like over a week, but I knew I wasn't sick. I felt really good. And I knew at that point I had missed my period. Mm. And I was like, huh. And then I remember staying, I was like, I don't know, remember where we were, but I was standing somewhere and I was like, I'm going to take a test when I get home. And then I went in the bathroom and I took it and I remember being like, oh, because at that point we weren't like trying, trying. We were just kind of like, okay, if it happened, like we wanted another one soon, but we just didn't know when it would happen, especially since we had just moved. And I just remember like having the little strip and I like walked into the kitchen and I saw Nick and I stuffed it in my pants because I didn't know I I wanted to surprise him. (laughs) I didn't know like how I wanted to tell him. So I stuck it in my pants and I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. And then I eventually just like was like, Hey, I need to show you something. And then I like, I think I put it on an element wrapper. And I was like, here, you need some elements. And he was like, why? Like, I think that morning I gave him an element already. And he's like, why does she keep giving me elements? Why is she pushing electrolytes on me? (laughs) You need all the electrolytes. We're in Texas now. But yeah, so it it was very exciting because, um, you know, it was like, we knew we wanted it to happen soon, but it wasn't like we were like waiting for it, you know? Yeah. And a boy. <laughs> and a boy. Oh, gosh. Nick is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, what would you say? What would you say from uh, the last pregnancy? Some of the biggest learnings were that you're taking with you right now in terms of taking care of you and your body. Yeah. Uh, the first trimester, just rest. Like, it's okay. You're going to feel like shit. You know, <laughs> I remember the first time during that first trimester, I was like, uh, I don't think I could ever do this again. Like this sucks. <laughs> and then magically you all of a sudden feel better sometime in the second trimester. Um, so I gave myself a lot of grace the second time around when every time I felt like crap, I was like, it's okay. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel better. like I knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel during except for like the first first time through I really was like I don't think I can do this again like this sucks (laughs) so just knowing that second time through is um it made it a lot easier but um the other thing I had to remember was that movement always is going to make me feel better like always like no matter what movement is going to make me feel better and also the mindfulness and meditation like that's been a big thing for me and again like helped me through that 41 hours of labor and so um this time around um taking care of a toddler like you know I've told you that I let time pass and I don't even know what week it is but I've had to make sure that I stay connected to the baby in my belly and making sure that I'm very mindful and um not just like going through the motions but staying very connected to the journey um because I think that really helped me through my first tri- or first pregnancy. And I want to make sure that I can through this one too. Like, and there's also like everything that I'm feeling, I know the baby feels. And like this time around, like 
I am so like, oh, I'm so tired. Ah, oh my gosh, the dogs are annoying. Da, 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 da. And it was just like last week where I told Nick, I was like, you know what? I need to be more patient with the dogs because I don't want him to feel that. You know, and I was starting to like realize and remember, like I was so chill when I was with the Luna, but this time around, I'm a little more anxious because I'm taking care of a toddler and I have these like three crazy dogs running around everywhere. Yeah, it's just one of those things where now I'm really trying to remember, like the baby's going to feel everything I'm feeling and I want to make sure that I'm very present. Two things to double click on. The first thing to double click on is you said that your mindfulness practice helped you during that extensive labor. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. So I actually learned about hypnobirthing during my third trimester. Educate me. Yes. So hypnobirthing was started by this woman. I think her name is Marie Mungon. And um, it's, you know, supposed to be um, targeted towards women that want a natural birth. Um, I am someone that doesn't even like take ibuprofen. Like (laughs) I'm just like, I'll just want an element and I'm good and some water, you know, if I have a headache, um, like Windex. (laughs) Yeah. Element. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, yeah. So the whole thing is, is like, you're meditating and relax, relaxing during your birth. And, you know, it's supposed to get you through the surges and get you through the pain. And so I learned about it, but I didn't actually take a course. I just read the books and I learned, I did the meditations. Um, I had a meditation labor playlist and I went through 24 hours of labor without anything. And I was going through back labor, which is whenever their, um, their head is facing um, your stomach. And so or sorry, they're, um, they're, they're belly to belly. So they're facing up. And so then their heads, every time there's a contraction, it just jams on your sacrum. And so it was very, very, very painful for me. Um, but I went through a long time without, um, without the epidural and I, had I not swollen, um, my cervix, I ended up swelling, had I not been swollen, I think I would have been able to push her out without it. But my doctor was like, um, you're swelling a lot and we need you to relax. If you don't relax, like you're probably, we're probably gonna have to cut you open. And I know you don't want me to do that. So let's give you some Benadryl and then you relax. And, you know, I don't even know how much time went by. I mean, obviously 41 hours, but I was able to push her out eventually, um, without a C-section. Um, and I, I, I can definitely accredit the, um, the hypnobirth thing. Um, but this time around, I'm actually taking a real, the actual course and learning a lot. Um, we're in the third week and, um, I'm learning from a fellow trainer, Taylor, um, Walker sinning, and she actually had gone through two hypnobirthing, uh, water births. So it's kind of fun to learn from her. We'll see how it goes this time. I mean, the biggest thing is just that I just want the baby to be here healthy. It's okay if I have to get an epidural or whatever happens, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely want to like, it sounds weird, but I want to feel everything. I want to be there and then, you know, be really present in everything that's happening. Yeah. You know, one of my, my good friends, she uh, was talking to me about how being a runner really helped her prepare for the entire birth process because she really did equate the entire scenario to running a marathon, right? And in her mind, it's like, if I can endure that sort of pain for four plus hours or, you know, in an ideal scenario, sub four hours for many, then (laughs) I know that I can handle whatever comes my way here. And 
being able to talk to yourself, which brings me to that other thing that I wanted to double click on, which was the sentiment that we are the person that talks to ourselves the most in any given day. And so your takeaway about wanting to make sure that you are speaking to the dogs a certain way, having, you know, a little bit more patience with them because you don't want that to rub off on your baby. Well, it's like, okay, but also what about how these thoughts, this restlessness, whatever is happening there rubs off on you, right? Like how do you want to feel and are you acting or speaking to yourself in a way that helps you get to where you want to be? Oh my gosh. Like that's, that's everything right there. You know, like I just want to make sure like there's so many times when I'm tired, like sleep is everything. If I'm tired, I'm cranky and I'm going to be impatient, but you know, I just make sure that I'm communicating to myself. I communicate to Nick. Um, I also communicate to Nick with how I want to show up and he'll remind me, he's like, is that, I don't think that's the way you want to be. And I'm like, ah, you're right. You know? And I think that it's, it's definitely second time around. It's been harder to be more patient with myself. You know, I've, we, we've had a lot of changes in the past four months, like being in a new house. Um, I'm not with my friends anymore. We don't have a full-time um, nanny like we did in LA. We have like part-time help. Um, we do have Nick's family here, but you know, they all work full time. So it's like, I'm, con- I'm, I'm a mom, I'm working and I'm constantly just trying to be <sighs> Zen and it's hard. It's very hard. And I think that it's important to admit that it's hard, but also to know that I'm strong enough to endure and to be patient and that I also have to do the work every single day. You know, I have to meditate. I have to, even if it's three minutes, I have to take those breaths for myself. Um, I have to show love to myself so I can show up really well for Nick and um, Aluna and the future babe. The future babe. I <laughs> I love what you just said about communicating how you want to be to your partner and having grace when your partner reminds you of what you told them that you want. And I think that that can be a really beautiful tool, not only to use, obviously, in this case, within a romantic relationship, but to use within platonic relationships or family relationships as a method of accountability, right? So if you have a certain goal that you're after, maybe we're talking a lot about mindfulness here. You said even three minutes. If you're doing or you're aiming to do three minutes of mindfulness work a day and it's not happening and you bring that up again with someone who you had stressed that this was an important thing to you, then you need to be open to that feedback that someone might come back to you with and say, remember when you told me that this is important to you and be willing to receive that. Oh my gosh. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's why accountability and having those people around you that, you know, will hold you accountable is so important and it doesn't have to be a romantic partner, you know, having those friends. I feel like Emily, I feel like you are probably that you're a really good friend in that way. Like, I feel like if I were to tell you something, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hold you to that, Bettina. (laughs) Well, you're like, let me like talk you up for a second. You are probably one of the ultimate hype women in my life. Like there, I will be, I don't know, cleaning my apartment on a Tuesday afternoon. And I will have not spoken to you in, I don't know, maybe two months. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, I have a 
minute and a half voice note from Bettina <laughs> telling me how much that she loves me and supports me. And I'm like, God, is this you? Is it God? How did you know that I needed this at this very Aww. exact moment? You always find me in my feelings. I love that. Oh, it makes me so happy. I'm so glad that you like my voicemails or voice notes. You're literally <laughs> so the you- only person that can send me a voice note and it won't induce anxiety for me because I know that it's going to be like kind and compassionate and wonderful. Oh. But anyone else who ever wants to send me a voice note, please don't. <laughs> Just call me, like call me so I can react to you because I don't love the like opportunity of just dropping that somewhere. Yes. Yep. Yep. I I get that. Don't bomb me with how you feel about something. Like let, let's have a conversation about how we both feel. Please, please. Do they not give you anxiety? Do voice notes not give you anxiety? Um, it depends on who they're from. Okay. See, you know, yeah, it depends on who they're from. I have a few friends that we like go back and forth on voice notes because it's like one of those things where we know we can just leave it and then we're good. But then there's somewhere I'll, I'll get a random voice note and I'm like, huh? Oh, huh? I don't I don't know if I want to listen to this. <laughs> See, you have the voice note anxiety too. You understand yeah. where I'm coming from. Yep. Oh, 100%. Can we just talk on that, though, for just a second about the concept of lifting other people up and and supporting others? You know, I admire you because you truly – like fully grasp the beauty that is the opportunity to lift others up, knowing that doing that doesn't, you know, dull your own light or mean that there's not the same opportunities available to you and whatever it is that you're in pursuit of. Do you feel as though that was a lesson that you learned over time, this beauty of being somebody else's cheerleader? Or where do you stand on that? Yeah, that's interesting that you asked that because you're right. I think that I wasn't always like that. You know, I'm, I've been someone that's independent because I've had no choice but to be independent. You know, my mom was a single mom. I had to figure everything out on my own. When I was in the band, I was trying to figure everything out on my own, trying to figure out if I want to play music, do all this stuff. And then, you know, I found fitness and then I had like this stage of like imposter syndrome. So I'm always trying to prove myself. You know, I was always trying to trying to be that smartest person in the room, even though I had no idea what I was talking about or was still learning. Um, But as time went on, I just realized like community is everything and you're not going to know everything. And, you know, the more that you can celebrate other people, the more you can learn, the more you can feel their energy and the energy you give to them is the energy you're going to get back. And, you know, that's just good for everybody all around. And so I just learned that over a span of however many years and, it just kind of came naturally. You know, I wanted to be everyone else's cheerleader because, you know, so many people are bringing each other down in their own heads, you know, and they might not even be talking to people or, um, you know, saying it to someone's face, but, you know, they're in their own little world, like thinking this about somebody. And I just knew that the more I could celebrate others, the more that I'll have a big team and a big community. And, you know, that like, if I um, ever need someone just to pick me up, I know that I'll have people around me to do that. It's like the energy that you give is the energy that you'll receive. It's been a really big thing for me over the last six months, just this concept of if you want love, then you have to give love. You have to radiate love. Whatever you want back is something that you have to be willing to give. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so funny because I was just even thinking about that on social. Like sometimes, a, like I actually I was just listening to our last episode and I was talking about how I never scroll on social and I was like, yeah, I usually just check my friends, but. Nowadays, I'm just like, I'm just finding myself mindlessly scrolling because it's just like, well, how I, it's actually how I relax now. But what I do is I try, like, every time I'm scrolling, I just like everybody's thing because I'm like, hey, everyone deserves a like, you know, like, so look, I might not watch the thing all the way, but I'm like, this person deserves it, you know, and I just think the more you can celebrate that, you know, it's, it's so cheesy, but, you know, like, there's so much to go around love and energy and why not give it? Yo, but what a good example or clear picture that you are following things on social that you want to give that energy to and that Mm -hmm. actually do make you feel good. Because I feel as though there are probably people listening to this that wouldn't necessarily want to like everything that's in their feed. So whatever you've done to construct and like carefully curate your feed seems to be working for you <laughs> yeah I guess so <laughs> well there's like, a lot huh. of times it's a lot of baby stuff <laughs> a lot of baby stuff but now that you're pregnant with number two of course you're you're liking all of those things <laughs> yep, so, exactly. <laughs> so what excites you right now aside from baby number two uh, so I think now that I'm a free agent again. You know, I'm working with Nike. Um, you know, Nick and I have created lineup with us where we're able to unite our knowledge of training. You know, he's a performance coach and I've trained the everyday person. And so we wanted to create content that can serve people that's accessible and it's inexpensive and it's going to be something that people can do anywhere. And, um, that's been really exciting for me because I've been able to kind of do it the way that I want to do it. I'm not partnering with a brand. I'm not partnering with anyone else except for my husband. So we're kind of doing it the way that we want. And, you know, if it's not for you, it's okay. You know, if it's not your learning style, that's okay. But even better, if you love the programs, if you love the workouts and all the things that we're bringing on there. So that's been very exciting. Um, I have, we have a bunch of other stuff that we're working on. I love being able to just continue to to explore the world and see what else I can do. Um, it's just fun. I think that's why, you know, I felt trapped before and now I'm like, okay, what else can I do? It's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And I love your, you know, opportunity growth mindset here in that you can say it's both. It was so beneficial for you Mm -hmm. to have that family to fall back on at Apple and those relationships to build. But now being back into this space that was your comfort zone for so long, you can also find that sense of comfort, that sense of reward and excitement here too. And, you know, again, this just goes back to you learning about yourself, right? So for anyone else who may be interested in trying their own thing, a la what you're doing, not necessarily needing to be in the fitness space, but in whatever industry they're in, what pieces of advice or tips do you have to offer them for them on their journey? You know what? You just got to do it. I think a lot of people sit here and they write out their plan, which is very important in all your ideas, but then you sit on it for way too long. You know, like there are so many people that are just already taking off and doing things because they tried it and maybe they failed, 
but they learned and then they were able to do it again and do it better. So instead of just waiting, you just got to go. You just got to do it. Just got to do it. You know, I think that mm-hmm. the lead quote on last week's episode with Jessica Robertson from Together is there are no failures. There's only lessons. Mm, yes. It's so true. I had another episode not all that long ago talking about the fear of success and how so many of us actually are really good at failing. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that the blow hurts any less, but it's something that we've become accustomed to because it truly is such a part of everything from personal to professional. But when it comes to success, that opens a door to a lot of unknown that we may be completely unfamiliar with, right? Whether that's exposure or just unlocking a different level of your own potential, those things can be super scary, right? Oh my gosh, yes. But you know, you just got to try it. And like, it just like everything, it's repetition. You know, the more you can do it, the more you're like, okay, I got this. I'm going to get up and do it again. You know? I feel like it was just yesterday, uh, you know, when you announced that you were joining the team at Apple. And I don't have, you know, the exact wording at my fingertips right now, but I remember that it was literally like dream job unlocked. Now, when you think (laughs) about, your career thus far and perhaps something that you're the most proud of, what comes to mind? Staying true to myself no matter what. And, you know, making sure that whatever I'm doing is serving me and what I want for my day to day. And, you know, that job was a dream job at the time. And I think it served its purpose in my life. But you know, things change and things happen. And, you know, as time went on, I was like, okay, dream job unlocked. Next up, what's next? (laughs) Yeah. What's the next dream, right? And I think that that goes kind of hand in hand with the sentiment that it's okay to change the plan, right? Like, I too have gone through so many different moments of feeling like really strong in my purpose and in my career, despite being in different roles. I remember when I was the fitness editor itself, like literally at the time, my absolute dream job. But now I cannot imagine going to do that job every day. Like it would be nothing like what I would feel would be right for me in this moment. But I'm six years older now and you are soon to be a mother of two now. And so with time, things change and people change. And to have the grace with yourself as you change is a really great opportunity. Yeah. And you just have to enjoy the journey. Every single minute of it, you have to enjoy it, embrace it, because it's all a part of who you are and it's a part of your story. Right now, when someone goes to your social media, they see a happy mama with a cute kiddo, another one on the way, gearing up with your new platform, line up with us. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? I see a strong Filipina that has so many opportunities to inspire not only other people, but her daughter, her child, her husband, and most importantly, herself. You know, I love being able to surprise myself. And every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, wow, yeah, I was capable of doing that. And, you know, it hasn't been an easy journey, but I'm super proud of everything that I've done. I love the pride that you have for 
your heritage. <laughs> what do you think is a part of that that you are most excited to pass along to your children? <laughs> I think the food. <laughs> Again, the food. <laughs> Back to the food. It's okay. I had a Christmas tree tree. I had a Christmas tree decorating party the other day, and you want to know every single ornament for the most part that was gifted to me had something to do with food. All of it. <laughs> no shame. It. That's so funny. No, you know, besides the food, I think the pride, you know, just being really proud of being Filipino. And I don't even know what it is about Filipinos being proud of who they are. I don't know. There's just so much. I feel like when you meet a Filipino, you're just like, oh, you're Filipino. Oh, my gosh. Like and like people always connect that way. Like even if you're not Filipino and you have a friend that's Filipino and you meet another one, like, oh, my gosh, I have a friend that's Filipino. I don't know what it is about being Filipino. But it's there's something that you just love about it. And you, you know, I think growing up, I wasn't I didn't embrace it as much as I do now. Um, But I want to make sure that my children do, even though they're half, you know, we speak to Aluna in Tagalog, the the language of the Philippines all the time. Um, And she only knows Nick and I as Tatai and Nanai, which is mom and dad. So, you know, we just want to be able to embrace her to embrace it as much as she can. And, you know, I tell my mom to speak to her in Tagalog and. Hopefully she'll like the food. (laughs) (laughs) I love that sentiment of like being so excited to see everyone. I think we should normalize that for just like normal interaction, regardless of your heritage. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. (laughs) Can we all just be genuinely kind and excited when we see one another instead of like sad and dreary and cold and walking around with 8,000 scarves as I am right now in New York? That would be great. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So cold. (laughs) (laughs) So cold. Okay. Well, we are winding down here. Right now, my friend, you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice looking back on getting reacquainted with your post-baby body after number one. What do you tell yourself during that hurdle moment? It's okay to cry. (laughs) Cry, cry, cry. Let yourself cry. Accept all the hugs. Accept all the food. Accept all the love from everyone around you. And you know, the biggest thing is just to remind yourself all the things that you've gone through and how worth it it's been when you're looking at your baby. We love it. I love it. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Patina, how do the hurdlers fall along with you? How can they line up with you? Uh, give us the details. Yep. You can find me at Bettina Gozo, BettinaGozo.com and lineupwithus.com. And uh, yeah, that's all of them, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's all of them. I'm over at Hurdle Podcast and at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.